I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, do you got a first aid kit handy? This is Flop Culture. You are listening to Flop Culture, a podcast where we mainly talk about flops, but we also talk hot goss, pop culture at large, and occasionally bops. I'm your host, Fanula J, and let me tell you, this episode is heavy on the bops. But before we take a look at this week's flop, let's take a look at the week of news. Hot off the presses, a developing story as we speak. MGK and Megan Fox are dushed. Or are they? Uh, The pair were photographed leaving a marriage counsellor's office amid reports this week that they're facing trust issues in their relationship. So this all kicked off uh, Super Bowl Sunday. That seems like a very long time ago now at this point. How dare they have their relationship drama amid Rihanna's Super Bowl Sunday? No need. Um, But there were rumours of a split between them because she, Megan Fox, posted these very pointed rumours or pointed lyrics, I should say, from Beyonce's Lemonade, which is an album all about infidelity and cheating, allegedly. Don't sue me, Jay-Z, my pockets are not that deep. Um, she was posting lyrics from Pray You Catch Me, and it was all about dishonesty, etc., etc. Um, she'd scrubbed her Instagram of all pictures of Machine Gun Kelly, bar one, and then people copped that, so she deleted that one. Um, and when people kind of put two and two together about it maybe being cheating... Uh, There was a suggestion that maybe he had cheated with his touring guitarist, Sophie Lloyd. And so Megan Fox got in the comments and said, maybe I got with Sophie, which is kind of a a bit wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Then she was photographed without her uh, wedding ring. Uh, They're engaged. They were engaged after two years of dating. Got engaged last January. And you'll remember, or maybe you won't if you didn't hear about this, but the ring that he proposed with has these like kind of thorn-like accoutrements how would you call them things that resemble thorns so that basically the ring when she takes it off the ring will hurt right which is that's another podcast for another day right she's photographed without that and then the resource is basically saying the engagement isn't off but you know it's not looking good it's not they're not in a good place right uh, so she unfollows him as I said she clears out her feed she also starts following his nemesis, Eminem, which I kind of love. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, they were spotted at this marriage counsellor's. Uh, according to the Daily Mail, they spent two and a half hours there before leaving in separate cars. So, not looking good. Not looking good for for M and M, I have to say. Probably my least favourite celebrity couple. So, if they did end up finishing, I wouldn't be majorly upset about it. I need her to go and be her, her bike queen self. And just, yeah, she needs to get away from 
Eminem out of the wash. You know what I mean? That's the vibe I get off him. It's like if you put Eminem in the wash and it came out and it was a little bit trank and whatever and you're like, oh, okay, this will do. Or it's like, we have Eminem at home. The Eminem at home. Uh, also, if you ever want to, I know straight men are usually very easily identifiable anyway, in a room, just if you're not sure, if you're ever not sure, bring her up, bring up Megan Fox in a room. And especially this story, while it's current and prevalent, because the automatic reaction is like, oh man, how could you ever cheat on Megan Fox, man? Like, what the hell? As if she would ever touch off them. As if they would ever, ever be in a room where he would even have the chance to ever cheat on her. It's incredible. It's, I just, straight men and the delusions, I do, it's quite entertaining, I have to say to listen to them I have to say uh, speaking of <laughs> delusions in a way maybe maybe not TV talent shows they've given us so much over the years but what have they also potentially taken away from us as fans and from the artists they launched Danity Kane one of the most successful outfits from MTV's Making the Band seemed on the brink of greatness following their second album Welcome to the Dollhouse their second number one album in the US. However, the group ran off course for many reasons. And to talk more about it, I'm joined by broadcaster Pamela Joyce. Pamela Joyce, it is my absolute pleasure to have you on Flop Culture. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Honoured to be asked to do it. Uh, I was nervous about my topic. You shouldn't be though, okay. because even I've like barely, barely teased it on my Instagram. I haven't even really. I shared that I was listening to a song gotcha. from this flop. Yep. And someone replied and was like, would they qualify as a flop? Because I'd really love to listen to a podcast on it. I was like, well, you're in luck. Here you go. Pamela Joyce has picked Danity Kane. <laughs> Did I mess it up? <laughs> you can edit out the gap. It's fine. <laughs> I loved it. Danity Kane. Yes. Who are. And who is Danity Kane? Kind of a cultural sensation is what I would call Danity Kane. They were a girl group kind of from the mid-2000s. They're still kind of going-ish in random iterations of it, but they were a girl band formed by um, Puff Daddy in his TV series Making the Band 3. And it's a whole journey that was kind of ups and downs. A lot of talented girls. Some girls left the group, then some girls broke away to make another group, then they all came back together it was a wild, wild journey, but they made some wonderful music. Absolutely. This series, I only ended up getting into it on Making the Band 4, mm-hmm. which was like, the four, like as we discussed before we came on air, like the, the format of the show was very confusing because you'd have like Making the Band 4 and then there were like three seasons within that, yes. right? But that was my first introduction to Danny Kane, which was actually around their second album and they weren't even the focal point no. of that series. It was a different band because the series was about... Making a band, would yes. you believe? The clues in the name. <laughs> uh, it was about Diddy forming kind of groups and he'd done it for the first two series. I think they were called O-Town and Da Band. Well, O-Town are huge. Oh, are they? O-Town, Liquid Dreams and All or Nothing. Oh, but I was thinking I looked I up that name. I was like, I know that. Oh, yeah. nothing That's O-Town. So O-Town were huge. Yeah. Um, and then Da Band. Mm. Da Band was the one, do you remember where... So, okay, so basically it's like Diddy's trying to put together a band and he makes them do like... Kind of, you know, typical band prep things yep. like learning to dance, mm-hmm. singing. Obviously, there's kind of, you know, curating an image, whatever else. But in this one episode in the band's series, <laughs> he makes them go get him a cheesecake from a specific shop that is like miles and miles away. And like they have to walk and go get it. That's and it's in ditty. the depths of winter in New York. And people are like crying. Someone gets a slice of cheesecake at one point, but then they drop it <gasps> on the way back. And then when they go back to the bakery, the bakery's closed. It's like this whole thing. And Diddy's whole point is like, I get asked to do things that I don't want to do all the time. And I just have to do it. And this is an example of that. And everyone is like, what in the no. utter Christ does this have to do with being in a band? I'm really struggling to find the link here, Diddy. But you know what? You have your success in your own way. So I'm not going to argue with it. Yeah, absolutely. I'd never question it. You know something? I want me a piece of cheesecake. From, you know where to get the cheesecake spot is at. Yeah. Yeah, and y'all can walk from here, get the cheesecake, see the city, enjoy the sights, would you? Show them around. Chuck him over the Brooklyn Bridge, let that wind hit him off the water. See how y'all feel as a group. 
But as you said, Danny Kane came out of making the band three. Yep. Uh, he was looking together, put together this girl group. Yep. Initially, he wasn't really, I think in the first season of making the band three, he brought together all these girls. He wasn't really happy with the level of talent. There was a few knocking around. And I think two of them were Aubrey O'Day, yep. who was one of the founding members of Danny Kane. And I think it was Andrea. Andrea, yeah. Andrea. So Aubrey, and they were like very good friends. They were really good pals. So I think that helped them. So they, like you said, at the end of Making the Band 3, won the first series. It's very confusing. Uh, like you said, he wasn't happy with the talent. He didn't think he had the girl band he needed. So he said, we're going to go again. He got his producers to pull in more girls um, and girls who wanted to be pop stars. But he said, I think Aubrey and Andrea have something good. So we're going to keep them. And actually their friendship was a massive part of the series because Aubrey was probably a better dancer than Andrea but Andrea was a better vocalist so it was always kind of tug one would inch ahead then the other one would drop behind and it was just this kind of they're best friends but they're fighting to be in the same band so that was another level of drama that was brought to the series that I absolutely adored but yeah essentially making the band three series two was this new group of recruits alongside Aubrey and Andrea being like right okay let's actually make the band this time yeah and that ended up being so we have Aubrey O'Day Dawn Richard, Juanita D. Woods, as she's D. probably better Woods, known. She was Woodish, uh, Andrea Fimbres, yep. Fimbres, Fimbres, and Shannon Becks. Yeah. They ended up making up the Danity Kane. Danity Kane final band. Yes. Who was your fave? I think Andrea. I think I had a soft spot for her. Andrea I loved her. She well. was just a lovely person. I feel like I just saw a bit of myself in her. She was her. just a normal gal. Yeah. Whereas the other ones were very much like, I'm a pop star already. Andrea didn't really back herself that much and I can definitely identify with that. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I like her. She's good. Now, having said that, I was probably, what, 12, mm. if even watching the series. So I don't know if I should have been watching it. It probably was a bit grown up for me. Mm. But I mean, there's a lot of issues that came to the forefront. Um, they used to give out about Andrea saying that she was overweight. She was real thin. Like she had hips, I think she's Latina, so you know, she had hips and a bit of arse and they were like, no, you're too fat to be in a band. Horrific. It was very much every stereotype of a bad, you know, like that, we have that retroactive thing of looking back at these reality shows and being like, what? how did we ever say this or yes. let this air? Everything you could ever think of. Like as the series progressed, there were similar issues with, you know, Aubrey O'Day about how she was putting herself forward. Like, did he thought she was kind of too sexy yeah. and like, didn't like who she'd become and the, like the new sexed up image. There was a lot of like rampant misogyny Oh God. throughout. And wasn't Shannon quite religious? Yes. And she wasn't into the whole like let's pose naked in bikinis or whatever and she was like I'm not into that. They're like you have to do it for the band. Yeah. <gasps> and this was the thing and I suppose and that's the big conversation around this because it's like you have Danity Kane the musical act and you have yes. like their albums and their songs and you talk about that but then there's also like the Danity Kane that was a part of making the band which was fundamentally a yes. gear in a reality TV show that needed to be compelling, needed to be entertaining, there needed to be a reason to watch, there needed to be yeah. conflict. And I think, I'm not saying it was right, but did he recognise that and kind of utilised his position where he was and was like, okay. I And I think they kind of said in later interviews, I think it was Dawn said in an interview with somewhere that, or maybe it was Aubrey, one of them anyway, has since said that like, they kind of didn't anticipate them actually doing well at all as yeah. a group and musically sales wise did he was did he saw the show did he saw MTV did he saw viewer figures yeah. and he was like this is my focus yeah. and then when they did do well it was like oh, oh fuck I actually need to put my attention back into this because I think yeah, like you said it was primarily a TV show so once the band was made I feel it was very much off you go Figure it out for yourselves. I'm looking forward to making making the band four because it was a TV show. That's the whole premise behind it. Um, and I think one thing that really stands out about Danity Kane for me and something that I think was a massive contributor to the fact that they weren't as successful as they could have potentially been is that they were very obviously five solo singers put into a group. I mean, you look at the likes of Little Mix, they audition separately, they're thrown together, same at One Direction, but they all gelled really well together. That never really happened for Danity Kane. It and was kind of five. That, like they yeah. admitted that even in, there was some, they came back together after their kind of initial fizzling out, four of them anyway, I don't think Andrea joined them. And they were talking about, you know, the fact that they were all coming together separately. They weren't ever friends nope. initially. Uh, they were to total strangers having to gel together and work this out 
while also filming a TV show, while trying to work on an album, yeah. they're all kind of being pulled in different directions. You have MTV in some of their ears saying certain things to kind of cause tension. Then you have Diddy saying these really inflammatory things to some of them being, essentially being like, you're ugly or this look doesn't fit yes. or why are you so shit at dancing now when you were good at the start? Yeah. You want to show all your skin. You you neck, You want to be naked. But the whole concept of Danity Kane was like, when it comes together, it's one. Puff's going hard on the group, and then all of a sudden he singles me out and starts going on and on about how unhappy he is with me. And I just feel like nothing that I do, he's ever happy well, with. Can I ask a question? How, what do you want to look like, though? Do you want to well, look I like a Playboy, on... Playmate? Do you want to look like you? Puff, I'm done with all of that. No, no, no. Like... What do you want to look okay. like, though? I'll tell what you. What do you want to look I'll like, you. though? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'm not focused on me, 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 me. I'm focused on what this group should look like and how I should fit in this situation. You like big hair, though. I don't you like do big hair. You do like big hair. You like big hair. You like a lot. You like a lot of makeup and all that. Actually, I don't. I don't like big hair. I don't like certain makeup. I'm very flexible with what you want to do, and I've worked with everything that you've thrown. I'm not at seeing me. the flexibility. You gaming me. Your hair people came in today and they said this is how it needs to be. You know what I'm talking I don't about. Care. You pushing. You're pushing your own worried. image, though. I'm not worried about whether my hair is straight, curly, whatever. I'm not here in a group to have curly, straight, big makeup, whatever. I'm here in a group to sing with my group, and that is all I care about. For real, like I, maybe you just don't get me, and we They're don't get each me, other. me because if I pulled in all of the makeup artists and all of the hair people, they would not say that. It was just, but you can understand then why it was such compelling viewing, especially like, well, we'll talk about the second album and kind of where it went, but let's talk about that first album. They're self-titled, Danity Kane. I'd actually never listened to it all the way through before today. I've listened to a few songs, so Showstopper. Is that the best song of about all time? Cars of all ever? time, yeah. No, Definitely it is. Definitely the best song about cars. It's such a good song. It's I learned so much about cars from it. <laughs> I like beep beep woo. But I it's it's such a cool song and the music video for it's for amazing. And I'm pretty sure they're writing the song in the series. Yes. As far as yeah. I can remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like coming up with it and Andrea can't get her little rap part. Yeah. It's 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 phenomenal. It the is such a good song. We smile back. back. It's it's phenomenal. And then D Woods comes in with a rap at the end. It's a bloody great song, I have to say. And also, correct me if I'm wrong, they recorded the in the theme song for making the band and put it on the album. Yes. So good. I still yeah. listen to it. So good. It's unreal. Tim Milan was obviously very involved in this album. I'm trying to think of other I think the Probably not my fit. I think the second album is better but in terms of other songs I loved. Ooh Ah, Paul McGrath. See, I don't know. I haven't actually listened to that much of their music. Yeah. I just kind of was obsessed with them as as a unit as and a as unit. a thing and from the TV show. That album is... Damaged is on the ones. second album. Yes. Damaged probably is their most universally recognised song. It's... And understandably so. Like that... I think Danity Kane, like there was a with the first album I'm referring to, like I think that laid a solid enough foundation. Like it's very kind of Latin inspired with the music. Kerry Hilson is actually on writing Judy's here. I'm looking at Want It. And there are some like, you can see the potential there. You see it with Showstopper. You see it with something yeah. like Ooh Ah. You see it with something like, Right For You was the second thing. I didn't love that, but I, you can see it there. Touch hard. My Body, absolutely <gasps> unreal. Yeah. yeah, really, really good. And then I suppose they do this album, it does a bit better than they think it's going to do. It mm-hmm. goes to number one, yeah. right? It shifts a certain, like, good deal for your records. And they're kind of talking about how this same interview that Dawn's talking about, you know, they didn't anticipate the sales. Dawn reckons they would have sold more had they produced more copies, but yep. they just didn't. Said they well would have. And then in this point, they're kind of in this weird kind of limbo situation. Because it's just bizarre they didn't get backed more. Yeah, this is the thing. But now I think there was, but this is the start of this like tension that you talked about because they were these solo singers put together into this group. So they're kind of like, they've recorded the album. That's fair enough. That does well. They were due to go back in and kind of go straight away working on the second record. But they all kind of started doing other things like Aubrey was getting recognised because Aubrey was Aubrey like was such a star to be owner. Of the she group. was great TV she was being recognised in that right she was out with the so she was out with Kim Kardashian Paris Hilton she was TMZ were interviewing her being like what's the crack with Danny Kane and she's like I don't know uh, lol it's all about there me were, there were heavy rumours that she was supposedly joining Pussycat Dolls because they also had their reality TV show at this point where they were auditioning for new yes, people love that um, and then Dee Woods was involved 
was another girl group called the Girls Club. Yeah. So basically it was just like, they were constantly having to come out on social media, like MySpace and stuff at the time and give these statements being like, no, no, like we're, we're still, still together. together. It's fine. We're working on the second album, which you referenced there, 2008. Welcome to the Dollhouse with the top 10 single. Damaged. Now, interesting that they would call it Welcome to the Dollhouse when Pussycat Dolls were so big at the time, is all I would That's say. A, I never considered you know? that. Yeah. But didn't they cover, because I have a very specific memory of them shooting that album cover, I think on Making the Band 4. four. So, so as I said, they were a part of Making the Band 4 and it was charting them doing this second album and, you know, the tensions and also Diddy is putting together this male super group and they're all kind of shagging each other, like flirting <laughs> with each other at least. Allegedly, I should say. Um, and you have this record then and they're all like they're like it's they're talking about it, it's like really softly lit and whatever and they're showing like this like real softer side to them and it's you know whatever um, Damaged is just the music this, video for Damaged is excellent it's as well. excellent they don't make music videos like they used to I, I will think, say but I think there's even a couple of these songs on it that I'm like I say this unironically they do not make them like they, they used to they don't at all Bad Girl with Missy Elliott is they're ju- and I, I just I failed to see how it didn't take off but I think it probably is down to the fact that they were five solo artists and they are such different people like you yeah. have Aubrey is like this kind of California girl you have Shannon who's kind of the Southern Belle who's super religious you have Dee Woods who if I'm pretty sure is from New York and they're all just so different like how do they think this was actually going to work and they had you know the basic elements of what they needed I just don't think they put enough time because they were catapulted from like this banned from this reality TV show to like super fame they didn't put the time in to bond and get to know each other and get the basis of it so it was just five random girls being like I want to be the star I want to be the star I want to be the star they never really carved out their roles as to who each person was in the band and I think yeah. that's probably what went against them ultimately Yeah because even when I was researching this and trying to like I remembered Aubrey and I remembered Dawn and then the rest of them I was like I kind of vaguely Shannon knew. like who even are you? Poor Shannon. So like, poor, she dull. is definitely the most forgettable. So forgettable. Beautiful. Great dancer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Average singer. Dull as sin. <laughs> she was. And she used to always talk, was it her husband or her fiancé or someone? Yeah. She would harp on Boring. about him for the whole way through. I was like, next. Boring. Boring. So this season of Making the Band, they're charting the album, but this is where things are really starting to come to a head because you have, as I'd, I alluded to earlier, at this point, they are like, they're quite famous. They're yep. off the back the success of the first album, but they have all these rumours swirling around them as to whether they're even together. Aubrey's kind of doing her own thing. Uh, there's tension with her and Dee, like Dee Woods. And, and there was uh, also rumours that Aubrey and Diddy were together. Yes, and she was constantly weird. having to push back on yeah. that and be like, no. And I think people thought that because when we what we saw of them on the show was she was constantly fighting back at him. Yeah. But to be honest, I think it was just... She, well, one, I think, to be cynical, I think she knew what made good TV and she knew there had to be a source of conflict. And she, and she wanted knew, to be screen, screen time. Absolutely. And she knew he was saying all these in, insane things where he was like, you're too sexy. This is not the girl that I cast originally. Like, I don't know where this has come from. You need to, like, humble yourself. She was probably one of the only people who wasn't really scared about being sacked or whatever yeah. or anything didn't really think the repercussions and was, like, able to fight back. And she's even said that in other interviews since that it was like, I was never... We were never, ever with each other. But just like, why would I st- stand there and not stand up for myself when someone was talking about me like but that? also, she was the golden girl. She was never going to get sacked. She, you know, as Liam Payne would say, One Direction was built around him. Mm. Danity Kane was very much built around Aubrey. Yeah. She was the main girl that they had. And it was kind of right, let's find four more girls to shove in here. So I think she knew she was safe. And she was everyone's kind of, oh, I want to be Aubrey. Yeah. If we're playing Danity Kane, I want to be Aubrey. So but I think then- she knew. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. But then you had Dawn, who was like a very strong singer. And then there were all these, like, 
they've talked since about how like MTV or someone because Aubrey would have been like very close with actually the sta- the crew on yeah. MTV and like got on better with them than say the rest of them did. So they were all kind of hearing different things and there were rumours going around then that Dawn was uh, like, that Diddy was working on solo stuff with Dawn and then there'd been leaks from Danny, like Danny Kane songs that just kind of had Dawn's vocals. So the girls were all like getting their backs up about that, being like... absolutely no trust whatsoever. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. They, and they've all admitted that yeah. since. It was like, there was no trust. But I'm wondering, like that had to have been Diddy and MTV and the machine behind them being absolutely. like... We need a show. You all need to absolutely hate each hate other. Hate each other and you need to have no trust and you need to stab each other in the back but then be best friends and then be happy to step on everyone else's toes to get to the top. Yeah. And it made great TV and it worked. Yeah. And look, they were kind of right in one sense because Diddy had actually bought Dawn out of her last contract. She was signed to someone like Yeah Boy Records or something, I don't know. And uh, he bought her out to get her in Bad Boy. Uh-huh. Um, so at the end of the season, when like everyone is kind of being dropped, she's the only one who's not. And that's because I think he was like, I need some return on my investment. I've invested so much. That's why she stayed around for, do you remember Diddy Dirty Money? No. I'm coming home, coming home. Tell the world I'm coming yeah. home. His group, that was him. Dawn, the other girl's oh. name, God for me, I cannot remember her name. Um, but they were like a trio for a little while. Now she's gone off away since that they only lasted one album and she's gone away and done her own thing since. But yeah, that My was the master goodness. plan, I think, for Diddy in the end. He's mental. Yeah. Like, do you even remember, like, the finale? I, and I think it was when they. It might not have been when they were putting together Day 26, which ended up being the male boy band. Do you remember Day 26 and Donnie Clang? I fancy Donnie so much. (laughs) And his song was like called like Rolling Stone or something. It was so embarrassing. Anyway, um, R.A.P. Day 26. Um, But they, that reunion that I spoke about that Andrea didn't turn up for, it was like Aubrey and the rest of them, whatever. But at this point, Aubrey and the rest of them, she was the number one girl. But at the end of the series, uh, Diddy had, prior to this, Diddy had brought them into like this meeting because he'd been hearing, because there's so many layers to this. It's like, what's true, what's not? But basically the narrative they were reporting forward was Diddy had heard all of these things that like they weren't getting on. They were fighting with each other constantly and he was like, wasn't happy about it. So he was like going to bring them into a room. It was going to be filmed and he was going to basically get them to short, sort their shit out or whatever. Right. So they were keen to like stay on the record label and get a third album out of it because obviously again, Welcome to the Dollhouse went number one as well. Yeah, they were the first girl band to do to do have two, the two, two number ones in a row. Yeah. And uh they only recently Blackpink actually last yes, week last with week. The, their new album. That was the first uh, since then. Yeah. yeah. First, Which is pretty huge. Uh, yeah. But it's crazy that it's been that like that was two thousand and eight. So many years true, ago. It's a long time ago. And first K pop group. Anyway, we're not talking about Blackpink. Anyway they were being brought into this room and they kind of knew that like shit was going to go down. They knew Diddy wanted to talk to them about all, like all the squabbling, whatever. And they kind of had a meeting separately and they were like, look, we need to stay, we need a third record out of this. We want to stay, get in the bag. So be good girls. Yeah. So we used to just go in and be like, yeah, we were fighting. It's grand now. Don't worry about it. We've blah, blah, blah. all moved on. So they went into this meeting then and as we saw on screen, Diddy's like, what the fuck's going on? I heard you're fighting, whatever, whatever. I'm paraphrasing here. And then Aubrey turns around <laughs> and is like, basically asking, being like, we've heard you're recording with Dawn and you want to do a solo thing with Dawn, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then Dawn's standing at the table like, uh, this is what we agreed on. Whatever. And Diddy's like, right, Aubrey, you're gone. Sick yeah, whatever. You can't participate in this. Yeah, I didn't really, like, I forgot this. I feel like it's a Mandela effect like where I it's like... forgot that. Yeah, where it's like, Aubrey wasn't fired, but she was. So then it was her. And then I think it was... She and Shannon then went off. Yes, so it was, sorry, he moved Aubrey and he removed Dee Woods, I think, because again, she was still doing stuff at the girls' club and blah, 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 everything else. And the three, so that was Dawn, Andrea and Shannon. The three God with the least personality, yeah. there's nothing there. They, they kept going with like promotional events and everything. Then they ended up disbanding in 2009. But I think this was, it was still being shown on TV, then being released from their bad boy contracts. So like there's, messy. Yeah, there's one clip where it's like Diddy's with Andrea and he's like, yeah, I'm going to release you from your contracts. I just don't, I feel like you can't keep up with like when things are going wrong. I feel like you just put your she head down. She was very emotional. She cried in probably every episode yeah. of the TV show. So but, fair, I get it. And she's kind of, she even said when they went on and started doing more things, like she was just like, wish them well. Not for me. Not for me. Absolutely not for me. Um, Dawn kept releasing new music. Uh, Aubrey and Shannon did a duo for a while called Dumb Blonde. Dumb Blonde! Which oh, is just so iconic. Bad. And then it was Dawn, Aubrey, and Shannon got together. They were on about reuniting in 2018 and touring together. 
that never happened because the pandemic, probably for the best. I'm just looking at Donny Klang here. So, so funny. <laughs> they're just all like a little, it's like in a sushi restaurant. They're all just going around and around and just they're plucking people off every now and then. Been like, you go together and be the band. They're putting some back. And around it's and the around. most bizarre thing. They were on about rebooting it for, like the show for this year or prior, again, prior to the pandemic and then just didn't. I think the world is ready for it. I would kind of love to see I it. I would be very, very into it because like that, making the band three the most iconic thing in it was do you remember the dance they learned to one two step yes <gasps> the hours I spent in front of the hall <laughs> in the mirror in my hall at home I'd put on like a little crop top and my little 13 year old belly be hanging out and I'd get a bandana and I would run over to the computer and press play and watch a few dance steps and then run back and try and do it over and over again it was unbelievable Lorianne Gibson was a choreographer she didn't take any fucks didn't get any shit she was so scary and Andrea just could never keep up with the dancing and she'd have a breakdown every time and they'd be screaming at her I'd be like Andrea come on if I can do it <laughs> I'm 13 you can do it was Lorianne Gibson the one you know when they were all sent home at the start of making the band three because they're not good like Diddy's like the, yeah. the crop them aren't good enough whatever it's just this woman there being like you all need to pack up your things. Like yeah. it's very yes, American. That's yes, all yes. being like, you all need to pack up your things. Do not leave anything behind. You're gone. Yeah. And everyone's just like, what wow, okay. the Christ. That's that then. It's just. So I think the world is definitely ready for making the band five. Yeah. Should you and I audition? Or? I think so. I see myself as a bit of an Aubrey, which is maybe the wrong thing. Because, I'm Dee Woods. Yeah. I'm cool. I don't really care. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I mean, I'll take the money, but. Why do you think ultimately they flopped it's so because hearing the story back now I'm like god there's so many levels to it and so many layers to it I think like we said earlier we actually got to the crux of it very early on they A didn't have enough support coming out of the TV show did he just cared about making a good TV show got his five girls and was like control alt delete next moved on then there's the element of the fact that they were very obviously five individual singers who just wanted limelight. They had no interest in cultivating a nice kind of family bond. Because you look at most girl groups and they're all like sisters, they're best friends. You see clips of them backstage having the laugh. You never had any of that with Anna Decane. And they just didn't put the time in to bond and to get to know each other. It was like thrust straight into the limelight. Off you go, be superstars, but we're not going to support you in any way. Just yeah. go and figure it out. But I'm wondering if it was just because as well, it was all... Because I was about to be like, it's kind of not similar to Little Mix in One Direction because it was all playing out on TV for them. But sure, they also came from X Factor. Mm. But there was something about X Factor that was more... I suppose, highly curated. Like, with Making the Band, it was very warts and all, yeah, but to and the point where I think it was, like, I can't even imagine. We talk about Andrea and the psychological effect it must have had on her because yeah. even post Stanley Kane, like, she went and she performed and did other bits and bobs. She, as part of, like, a Latin kind of group, mm. whatever, and then she ended up doing... She got together with Aubrey for Aubrey's own show and they were potentially going to perform together and she ended up pulling out. I think she just found the thing too, too overwhelming. Yeah, I think there's two things there. I think it's the English-American thing. Um, yeah. The Americans are a lot more cutthroat. They're a lot more, I'm a star, I want this, yada, yada, where the X Factor was, we're normal girls. We're going to give this a crack and see what happens. And I think the second thing is that with making the band, I think we almost saw too much of them. So That's you, what I mean. Yeah, like it was, like, it was so overexposed. You're, 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 I don't like you because I'm seeing these tantrums. Whereas with the X Factor and the likes, it was just, oh, these are cute little girls coming onto the stage, which set them up nicely for us to be like, I'm backing them. They're the underdogs. They're just four normal girls who came to be in the band. But like we said, with, with making the band, you got to see them having tantrums and fighting with each other and talking back. And it was a bit like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. They also came out at a time where it was a highly saturated market for girl bands. Do you know, Little Mix kind of came... There kind of been a three or four year gap. Pussycat Dolls were probably the last big girl group. Mm. And then there was a three or four year gap and then Little Mix came in, whereas Danity came came out at a time where girl bands were rampant and they were everywhere and there were a dime a dozen. And they didn't have anything that particularly stood out. They were good and they were talented, but they didn't have like a USP or anything that was like, right, this is what these girls have to offer. That's different than the millions of other girl bands on the market. Yeah. Because even if you look at the aesthetics of, we'll say the albums and the album covers and how they looked. They're just so naughties, yeah. but in a way that it's like they are indistinguishable. Like yeah. if you didn't, we know them intimately because we are freaks. Sure. But if you were to, <laughs> if an alien was to come down to earth and you know, like they were to do a text on Dandy Kane, you're like, go away, study now. And you were to slide an album in front of them. I still don't think they'd be able to Pick who's who. adequately identify yeah. who is who, yeah. who does what. And yeah. like watching them, they all seem to be kind of, even keel dancers but they're still not like incredible dancers and as you said 
I, I think Dawn is probably the strongest vocally, yeah. but sometimes that doesn't even come across in the music. She like was it's dumb. Yeah. But like if you look at Puskatals, they were dancers primarily, which meant they were entertainers. But I, yeah, but I think that but that's the thing. I also think they never shied away from that. I think it was always very obvious that it was like, this is Nicole. Nicole is the singer. We're really good looking. We can we're dance. We're really hot. We're gonna get our chatas out. Yeah. Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? Yeah. Yes. And our music videos are amazing. Dandy Kane. Mm. They didn't really have that. Yeah. Also, there was a weird kind of cultural kind of mishmash thing going on like Aubrey kind of nearly pretended to be this kind she pretended she wasn't white Dawn and is Dawn the, was completely whitewashed Dawn was like when they talk uh, I can't remember I link everything in the show notes because it's a really good interview where she talks about how like basically Diddy had kind of I don't know if he'd said this but had kind of they felt herself and Dee Woods felt they couldn't kind of speak back to Diddy about anything because they would come across as like Angry aggressive black women. Black women. Yeah. And then it was like Aubrey felt she could because yeah. she was white yeah. and she was nearly emboldened by the initial praise. She was basically saying that initially it was like Diddy was, or Aubrey was the absolute, as you said, the group that was built around her. Yep. She was such a star in Diddy's eyes. It was like, you're perfect, whatever. This obviously, not in a hateful way, but went to Aubrey's head. She went away, got famous, enjoyed God, yeah. this life outside of it, enjoyed socialising and everything else, and then came back, you know, had gotten plastic surgery, changed things about her, and Diddy was like, what the absolute fuck? Yeah. And then she was obviously going to be like, well, it's my life, it's my body, what the hell are you to say anything to me about this? You've brought me into this fold, you've told me all of these things, like, why wouldn't I respond in yeah. the way that I have yeah I mean you created the Frankenstein what do you expect yeah like, exactly you, know, you told me I'm this amazing woman I can do everything I can do no wrong basically I go off and do it and now I'm told it's wrong whereas with Dawn particularly she was I, I don't know if she's just a very shy, shy quiet person but I almost felt like her and Dee Woods were kind of instructed to tone down their blackness oh I wouldn't be surprised really really uncomfortable to particularly Dawn uh, it was it was a really weird thing, and then um, Andrea as well. I, sh- I remember she would talk about being Latina and her culture, and it was pretty much like, mm, no, we're just gonna champion the white girls, Shannon and Aubrey. Um, and if you don't fit into that, well, what are you gonna do about it? Yeah, it was it was weird. Yeah, I remembered what I was referring to earlier about that finale when. So at this point. I think, yeah, I'm not sure if this was when they were putting together the lads band and like deciding mm-hmm. who's being put in. But Diddy wasn't even in the studio. Diddy was like remote and like Skyping in and was in a like a bathrobe and like <laughs> towel on his head or whatever. And they brought Aubrey back, but it was like this was after her being fired or whatever. And then you would like Dawn, Shannon and Dee Woods then on the couch and they're all, and like Sway's interviewing them and they're all trying to like figure out their differences and then they they get Diddy on the other line and Diddy's essentially saying the exact, berating Aubrey again, being like, you need to humble yourself, like people would love to be in your position, like I had to fire you, you kind of didn't leave me a, a choice, blah, blah, blah. And like, it's it's incredibly entertaining as much as I'm like, it's not great, like the psychological impact on people. No. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a documentary breaking all this like yes. surviving bad boy records comes out in a few years. But at the same time, it's understandable why it went on for so long and why it was such, because the, the show was huge, like the viewership was huge. Like Diddy is made for reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that was the industry standard. That was just the way it was done. I'm not condoning it and saying it was okay, but you look at the likes of America's Next Top Model and stuff like that. We all just sat there and we're like, haha, this is awful. More, please. Yeah. And just watched it and took it in. And now you're like, oh God, these poor girls. They didn't stand a chance. It's a total, total product of its time. Like it's... And I, I actually, I feel sad for them because they really should have been a lot bigger than they were. I but think we could have gotten much. like one more Kraken album out of them because the three of them did do DK3 in 2014. And as you said, they've done kind of bits and bobs since. I had never listened to that record. I listened to it on the way in and it didn't... Uh, it didn't pop off it the didn't, way you wanted to. It didn't to. set my world no. alight now, No, shall we say. There were some good tracks, if I can recommend for people. There was a Lemonade is a good song, which I think was a, a SoundCloud Really, and Rage was a good song, but otherwise, it's just all feels a bit. It's just interesting though the way American girl groups just generally don't translate. Am I no. wrong there? Like I'm struggling to think of other. I mean, Puskatals were kind of 
yeah, my Pussycat Dolls is the obvious one yeah. and like okay Destiny's Child but even at that that but was that's ni- that's 90s 2000s that was like boom I know and like that's obviously that was a vehicle for Beyonce and they still yeah. they had very two, two very strong I think it was two uh, someone will correct me Depending two very strong albums of it, you take, yeah. yeah exactly but like who who the bloody hell else was there Pussycat Dolls I mean if you look at GRL Yes, but and then that's so tragic. What happened there? Yeah. yeah, they like they were four, five, four, five, very talented girls. Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable dancers, unbelievable singers. They were all so talented, and it just again just didn't take off. It's weird. Mm. Maybe girl bands are just cursed. I think we were coming out of that at that phase as well, though, as you said, and then like Little Mix kind of kickstarted things. But even then. They didn't really take in the states in the way no. that they did. And if you look at you over know here. girl bands compared to boy bands, boy bands are generally universally lauded and being like, "Oh my god, you're amazing! We love you so much! You're also good looking." And then the girl bands like, "I don't like this about you. I don't like this about you. You're too tall. You're too short. You're not good enough." I think they're just criticised a lot more, and it's a lot harder to make it as a member of a girl group than it is as a boy group. I think that's probably just for sure. Yeah, you just tragic. wear chinos and you're in a boy band, like you know Bit what I mean. Hair gel and some chinos, and That's you're fine. Literally, off like, you go. Holding on, grand. Because I think there's this thing that uh, guilty when you're a teenager, you get completely infatuated by these boy bands, yeah. and it's just easier where boys don't have that about girls. Yeah, so it, they're harder to market. Do you market them to teenagers? No, because then they can't be sexy. You can't market them to girls in their twenty five because they're like, I'm too cur- too cool to be listening to girl bands. So there's this weird kind of in between nothingness. Yeah. And there's a, like an ageism thing there as well where it's like if they're older than 20, it's like, Jesus Christ, you geriatric yeah, freak. you're done. Get off the stage, <laughs> you know? But then, oh yeah, then if they're too, they're young and they're too sexy, it's, yeah, you just... Minefield. You can't win. No thanks. You cannot win. But having said that, Diddy, making the band five, please. Yeah. I'm I would like to see it. With that. I would like to see it. What would you say is your fave Danny Kane song? Is it Damaged? I, f- I go between Damaged and Showstopper. I think Damaged would be my favourite song to hear on a night out. Not mm. that I ever hear it. You might get it in the George every now and then. Um, Showstopper is me in my little say Ibiza on the M6, cruising to Galway on repeat. It's the name like, checking I'm, of all the cars yeah. and the jingle jangling of the keys. I think I can do it. As a, <clears throat> oh. This is this is for my ladies in the 280s, Mercedes in the AC Baby Rangers, Bentley, Kuzma, Escalades. Hey, oh, oh. Break them off something proper like a real showstopper. Okay, I'm done now. <laughs> Go on. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, I'll keep going. No, I'm getting out. But I th- I printed off the lyrics to that song. <laughs> to the, and I just sat down and learned. I was like, I don't even know what a 280 Mercedes is. I don't know what a Bentley Coupe is. I don't know what this is, but I'm going to learn it off by heart. And I'm going to be able to sing it when, you know, it becomes a smash hit. And it never, just never really took off. I was like, I'm ready to perform this song. Why is nobody playing it why for is me? Any, why isn't anyone asking me? Yeah, selfish. it's quite rude, but... Um, no name check for the Nissan Micros. No. Hateful. Maybe we should write one. I'm telling you. I think it could be like, this is like hit the diff for girls. You know what I mean? It is hit the it's diff for girls. Hit the, hit the diff, like... You're so right. Except for luxury cars that we can't afford. Yeah, never, never in my lifetime. No. I love Sucker for Love. We think it's sucker. Sucker. Sucker for love. Apostrophe. Or just you did to kissing and hugging, touching and rubbing. You a sucker for love. Or sex addict, I would say. Very questionable Probably. lyrics there. Yeah. Um, I love that. And Bad Girl, I already mentioned. I'm going to go and listen very, to Very, very good. I'm actually going to go and rewatch it's the just, yeah, The second album is just the production is just so shiny and yeah. so, so, like, surprisingly good. It's just the, all the elements were there. Yeah. It just didn't work. Yeah. And it's a weird one. Yeah. But it's sad. Sorry, Danny, again for your troubles. Could you see them ever coming back together, all of them? Because, as I said, there's been different iterations. I could go through it again, but it's honestly more confusing it's, it's than Project too confusing, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think so. And I think they know, let's not flog a dead horse. It's, yeah. it's done, it's finished. No one cared about us when we were young and shiny and new. No one's going to care about us now. I feel. Yeah. Personally. But we are up for another Making the Band. Yeah. No, I we think might we audition. Need, yeah, I think we need a shiny new Making the Band. Which I would be okay with. Also, the name Danity Kane, do you know where it came from? Yes, but you you no, explain. Take it away. You explain. No, you explain. Well, I, I probably will get it wrong now. I thought you weren't going to know and I'm panicked. Um, it didn't dawn. She was like really cool and weird and she wrote like, she did like anime yeah. comics. And one of her superheroes was called Danity Kane. Because Diddy actually wanted to call them Queen Five, which is the fucking worst name I've ever heard in my entire life. Mm, Danity Kane though, what's that? 
Like it's a noise. Well, it's she, not very. It's not memorable. It's when not they like, actually like talked about it, I think in some interview, Aubrey was like, "Danny Kane is so much bigger than five girls. It can be one girl. It can be two. It can be five. Wow. It's a voice for women. You've got two of us right now giving you that voice. And who knows what the future will have ahead for us? Things can evolve. Things move in different directions. Everyone is always invited back. Aubrey would be great on LinkedIn because that's the biggest load of shite. At, like two out of five heard. is pathetic. You know what I mean? Why bother? Like, like, but, and the, but that was essentially Dawn's justification for it as well. It's like Danny Kane. It's like sound, you know. When you hear, it's like it's not one girl. It's like it's not five it's, girls. It's, it's just everyone. Like, but and I do no love it at the same time. I'd love to go back and check the data to see if anyone named their child Danity that year, or like what the uptick was for names. Danity, come in for your dinner. Danity, no. come on. <laughs> and Kane is a pretty good surname here. Yeah. So there could be. <gasps> My sister's married name is Kane. Maybe I'll make her have a child and call it Danity. Yes. And then make that child be making the band five. Okay. It's I, come full circle. I love this uh, yeah. this plot. Optimism. Imagine making the band five, but it's like Louis Walsh is doing it. He is a new band. Yeah. I wonder if that's it. Maybe I need to get them on. Get the sauce. Here you go. I'm just, I'm lining it up. You're welcome. You're just giving me all I the am, content. I am, I, I am. Hugely, so, um, hugely appreciate it. Danity Kane. Sad, you tried, didn't work out. Please stop trying now because it's not good. Like, it's just going to be one person. On, it's going to be Shannon, who now has like a kid's audiobook company. Very she did, Shannon, like how boring. She also did like a country version of Damaged, which I'm not sure if it's on streaming, but it's not good from what I I, I can't imagine it's no. very good. Yeah, no. It's, Look, they tried. Yeah. Didn't work out. Fair play to you girls. Yeah. If at first you don't succeed... Try again, yeah. over and over again. Try again and then, and then stop. Yeah. yeah. But no, they're not going to stop because they're going to do three of them and then two of them and then four of them yeah. and then three of them and then two of them again <laughs> as a different name and then come back and do four of them. Girls, please stop. It didn't work. It flopped. Pamela, it's been a pleasure. Where can people uh, find out more about you, listen to you? You do well, be on the radio. I've actually just been cast in Making the Band 5. <gasps> so you're going to see I me on TV. I can't believe we got the exclusive. <laughs> Shh, guys, please. Uh, I am on Today FM. Mid, no, weekdays. 12 to 2. Forget my job. <laughs> I'll say that you again. You are right. Midday is 12. I, I was, I, yeah. No, midday is 12. That's midday okay. I'll roll 12, with yeah. that. Yeah. 12 to 2, Monday to Friday. 12 to Monday to Friday. Today FM. Bit of crack. Bit of crack. Join me. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Family <laughs> Joyce. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you, you on Flop Culture. Great to see you. Thank you very much. And you can listen to Pamela every weekday on Today FM from 12pm to 2pm. And you can also follow her on social media. She's at Pamela F. Joyce. I linked everything below. Go follow her. She is a good time gal. I'm obsessed with her. Since we recorded that episode, uh, Aubrey did one of her most extensive interviews to date on the Call Her Daddy podcast, which you can find on Spotify, in which she essentially doubled down on everything she said about Diddy previously. Uh, the question that the host Alexandra Cooper put to her was, you know, the obvious one, what happened to Danny Kane? Why did the band break up? And this is what she said about it. I wasn't willing to do what was expected of me, not talent-wise, but other areas. At the very end, he fired me. Worth a listen. There are some other kind of, the interview is more wide-ranging than that. Like there's a lot about her because she's been in a lot of high-profile relationships since and it's, Kind of more on that, but um, there are some interesting tidbits and I will, I'll link it below here, but it is a Spotify exclusive. So depending on where you're listening to this podcast, you might not be able to listen to it. Just FYI. And I just, I'd be very interested to hear what people think, because even when I was kind of Googling this again for this episode, like people are still even very divisive on Aubrey on the, on the Reddit. On, and I know Reddit is like, can be a septic place at the best of times but let me know what do you think how responsible was she was she responsible at all let me know at flopculture underscore pod everywhere on social media hit me up finally let's talk top of the flops you're a flop who is top of the flops this week I hear you ask well it is every single person who went to see Chris Brown in Dublin and then ratted on themselves by posting it on social media. I absolutely believe in redemption. I fundamentally believe in people's ability to rehabilitate themselves, right? But I do believe violence against women, in my opinion, that should be a non-negotiable, right? And this wasn't just one woman, right? By the way, in saying that, one woman should be enough, right? It shouldn't be a thing of like, 
okay, so it wasn't just Rihanna. Okay, fair enough. Forget it. We won't, we won't go. We'll get rid of the tickets, whatever. It's not like, it shouldn't be quantifiable, quantifiable by that. It should be, one is too many, right? Karush Tran, who he dated after splitting with Rihanna the first time, following his assault of her, she got a temporary domestic violence restraining order against him after he allegedly threatened to kill her. He was involved in a brawl in 2012. He had an altercation with Frank Ocean in 2013. There was a separate assault of another man in 2013. I'm just, I'm not really, I'm not understanding the disconnect there. And I'm not understanding people who will try and explain it away explicitly in, you know, Instagram comments or like TikToks because that's them. I could not get over how many TikTok videos I was getting of people at the concerts, and it was just. And no matter how many times I clicked, times I clicked to not interested on TikTok, it was. I got another video. He does this thing where he brings girls up on stage and he dances for them, and the comments are people like salivating over him. What time do we get to the gig? What did he play? Oh my god, best list ever! And I'm just, I am just really gobsmacked over it I'm really it's it's hard to fathom in 2023 when we are amidst this absolute epidemic of violence against women that that people can be so I suppose one self-involved and like not thinking about wider implications of these decisions and stuff and go along and you know pretend like nothing happened previously but then there's also the thing of maybe not admitting to that and being contradictory and sharing the things of you know there's been a lot of examples thrown around like you know sharing like a women's aid post on Instagram or when a woman when an Irish woman dies and it's in the media and everyone's talking about it social media and it's easy to like jump on the conversation then but then in the same breath, we'll also be like, yeah, of course I'd go. Like, we that was so long ago. As if time kind of changes anything when really it doesn't. Um, and I hate to be ending on such a somber, serious note. But even, this is days later. He played much earlier this week. It might have been the weekend. And I'm still even getting, and I know it's because he's on tour. And like, I'm probably, some of the videos I'm getting probably aren't all from Dublin. They're from the UK. But it's just, it's quite it's quite worrying and I just I just have a conversation with yourself have a think about it interrogate why ask yourself does it does this artist does this music really mean that much to you that you can turn a blind eye to a consistent pattern of behavior from someone that's all I'm saying Anyway, again, sorry for being a Debbie Downer. Just wanted to get that off my chest. I really appreciate you listening, especially if you stayed till this point at the end. We are flopculture underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok. You can get in touch as always at helloflopculture at gmail.com. If you rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts, I will give you a personalised bop or flop recommendation. Just leave your nickname in the review. You can also leave a five-star review on Spotify. It helps people find the show. It's hugely appreciated by me very very grateful for all the reviews so far as always this podcast has been edited by Adam Shanahan and artwork is by Brian Lambert until next week take care of yourselves bye bye even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.